Fulcrum, come in. Yo, Yodi gang. You feel me? Need I say more? Need I say more? Is there that much more to say? <laughs> Exquisite. The beings I love are creatures. They were born by chance. My meeting with them was also by chance. They will die. What they think, do, and say is limited. It is a mixture of good and evil. I have to know this all myself and not love them. Welcome to the Anchorette end of year Q and A episode. Uh, we made it. We made it. We to made the it. end of the year. Yeah, the year both flew by, and it also feels like it was full of. Yeah, it was a very long year. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of action. Yeah, a lot of connections made. Um. So we got we got a bunch of questions. We're gonna we're gonna get into them. Mm-hmm. Um. Most, not a lot of women sent us questions. <laughs> gonna address that right off. We gotta address huh? that right up, right away. Um, but you know, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> we don't care about things like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna get into some good questions today. So, should we just start right at the top of the list? And work our way down. You want me to pick questions? I think we should just start at the top of the list. All right. So, okay. So, this question, this question is from Jack, and this one goes right off the um, the last episode. So, Jack says, first time, long time. Uh, Hank's companion orb got me thinking about the topic of individuality and our conception of the soul. As we know, the idea of the microbiome has led to a big reconceptualization of our bodies as communities of living organisms. Is it possible we need to rethink, quote, demonic possession <laughs> as more of a symbiotic relationship? Every time we pick up a mannerism from a friend, it could be seen as a micro-possession or soul exchange. You guys take it from here. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I mean, immediately, first of all, thanks, Jack, for that lovely question. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Um, I think that's kind of uh, a certain a certain conception of of magic is that is that you know generally daemons you know which are not like demonic entities they're just kind of like spirits or like something that causes an action or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of like. They're just kind of like a spiritual force. Yeah. Um, like we're full of them, you know, we're, we're interacting with like thousands of them all the time in, in kind of like that symbiotic relation. And some are like positive, some are negative, some are neutral. Um, 
but yeah, I think that like, at least for me, um, it definitely feels like a, you know, something that I do a lot is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do the, uh, like provenance of like things that like, say like media that mm. I've like been introduced to. Yeah. I'll often like credit the people who like showed it to me or something like that when I'm showing it to somebody. And I think because like, you know, for me, like I always feel like I'm an amalgamation of like all of my friends. Like there's a, there's a part of me that's like a true, you know, like that's Hank. That's like my true self. But because I'm like going around interacting with like yeah. all these people in the world, you know, I'm like so much the better for it. Like, I'm, you know, I can't like, even though I would love to, and I have a compulsion towards like knowledge, uh, I can't possibly <laughs> investigate the entire world, you know, in my one life. And so like having people around me who I trust, you know, with their own kind of like aesthetic views or things yeah. like that. I mean, and that's just kind of uh, looking at it in kind of like a media consumption way or something like that. But yeah, but also the same with like ideas or. Yeah, I have like a, I'm really stupid with like the microbiome stuff. I don't really I don't really understand science, yeah. but, um, as far as the idea stuff, like, I feel like this, this maybe connects to something we touched on. We've touched on a few times, but I feel like the last few years in particular of my life, I learned a big lesson about like how my, like, my like worldview is like extremely pliable mm -hmm. and is, is like mainly determined by like, like a set of like media, media influences yeah. that also are like media, media, not just as like what I'm watching, but like the technologies my friends and I are using in like language. Yeah. It like shapes everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, it's corny because it gets this gets into like manifestation territory, mm -hmm. like don't curse yourself or something like that. Definitely. But but I do really think that um, the discovery of that technology, the discovery of that practice, can lead to um, a pretty just pretty just like simple and clean realization of like, oh yeah, like we have the power, like as friends, as like as like entities that. Uh, are in are in each other's ecosystem to like to like bring <laughs> to like bring good things into being yeah or to like you know <clears throat> or to not do Just that like wallow <laughs> yeah um and yeah i remember like when i was younger this 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 gets into our whole like uh our whole like Determ material determinist sociological versus spiritual debate mm -hmm. that we're always having. But I remember someone told me that if you, I think this was in high school, someone told me that if you picked up a mannerism from someone else, it meant that you found them like socially dominant. 
like like basically they were like alpha dogging you so that if you pick up you pick up like and i don't like i think that's like probably like like jordan peterson pseudoscientific bullshit Yeah. yeah um but i totally believed it at the time but i i i think there's like a soft version of that that is like that's like nice where it's like i'm not getting like pilled on like an ideology but i can get like pilled on like a friend i have absolutely and just be like damn like his we were just talking about one of our friends sense of humor and how it's so hard to like pin down Mm -hmm. and then that just like opens up this like lane of seeing the world for you that's like Mm -hmm. it's really wonderful yeah yeah absolutely yeah i'm i'm also not uh too familiar with the the microbiome stuff other than like you know gut health like you need to have you know, I know like that I know that we're all yeah. we're all screwed. That we all have leaky guts. <laughs> yeah, we all have leaky gut. Yeah. We have leaky brain. Yeah, <laughs> like we're we're leak. We're straight up leaking. Yeah, we're out here leaking. Wow, it's snowing so hard. It is. This is nice. This is really nice. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't. I I feel like I don't. I'm so bad with science. Like yeah, we were just saying this before the show because we had a another friend send a question about herbal supplements. Yeah. And we, I was just like, I don't want to answer that because like yeah. I can't not answer it, kind of facetiously. Yeah, because I'm, I just don't know. Thank you for the question, Michael. I yeah. might honestly look if you should. Should we just one. should we just pull that up right now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael just asked, uh, what are, what herbal supplements, uh, should they be taking? And I do want to say that Michael's probably got it covered. Michael is a vegan. You're getting those vegetables. That's all those good nutrients. Phyto, 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 phytochemicals. Yeah, something like that. They cure cancer. They cure cancer. Uh, I'm a horrible person to ask for that. I literally take something from a brand called Alpha Lion. It's, uh, it's like human, uh, unhuman pump mango vaniac flavor. Unhuman? (laughs) What is it? I think it's like superhuman superhuman inhuman pump (laughs) (laughs) infrahuman pump (laughs) subaltern pump Make like a. We should make. We should start post-human pump. What's yeah? Post. What we were about to say, like, like uh, we should start. We should start selling the herbal supplements under like the the brand. You know, like like etheric body pump or something. You know, something that'll like boost your etheric body. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I would just say. I would just say, in all honesty, eat vegetables. Yeah. Don't Um, don't listen to. Uh, the the snake oil salesman. Yeah, and like just eat. <laughs> maybe like just eat beef. I like turmeric. I don't know. That helped me cure my acid reflux. Yeah, turmeric's good. Yeah, yeah. I like it in food too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or tea. Yeah, ashwagandha. I like ashwagandha. Yeah. Uh, I don't. There's like a. Have you have you seen the memes about ashwagandha? The lifting memes. No. They're uh, within like. Like lifting, whatever, like Instagrams, schizo lifter. Yeah, yeah, like the ones who are like Patrick Bateman. They yeah. they think that like it's it's a meme, and they're probably going to make it a reality. That like doesn't op- it boost tea? It it can it can boost testosterone. Yeah. It like makes you calmer. Yeah, 
but people like take that to the extreme where they say it's like a Patrick Bateman pill. Okay. So like you take it and then it's just like, <laughs> you just become like a, like, like a, a sociopath, like a jacked sociopath. <laughs> That's like what they claim. That's incredible. But there is like a, there's like an anti-anxiety. It doesn't make any it. sense like, given that it's like a, no. <laughs> probably was used by like indigenous people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. It's Patrick Bateman pill. Yeah. Uh, I would say like in lieu of all that, like I would say go in the sauna once a day. That's the best of cold plunge. Yeah. Yeah. That's stimulate the, uh, the, uh, polyvagal nerve. If you've got trauma. Certainly. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, let's do, let's do David's question. Um, love the pod guys. Thank you for all you do. David said, thanks David. David. We love you too. David's my old AA sponsor, everyone, and my and my friend too. <laughs> uh, my apologies if this is too simplistic, but is sacrifice a part of your spiritual life? What does that look like? That's the first part of the question, and then mm-hmm. second part is also why the hell did my grade school let me drink so much chocolate milk? <laughs> it's because the, <laughs> because the schools are prisons. Yeah. That's know. the system of a down answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prison song. No, we did um on the chocolate milk tip. I mean, did you when you were in did you have like a a milk time like every day in school when you were in elementary school? A milk. I mean, we might have had like a snack, yeah. Yeah, cuz we we had to drink Kemp's milk every single day. Yeah. And I was like we had like rotating like milk helpers. Yeah. Um, so your job was like to go down to the cooler and get the milks for everyone. And we had strawberry, like regular milk mm-hmm. and chocolate milk. Yeah. And they were like force feeding us. Yeah. Like factory milk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. <laughs> it sucks. Cause like I do like milk. I mean, we're, we're, uh, midwesterners you're from wisconsin like of course, of course they're gonna be hitting us with like oh milk, milk is delicious um and it's at the it's at the center of a spiritual cosmic war right now absolutely yeah the raw milk revolution yeah um but i think that the nut milk counter revolution absolutely <laughs> do not let's get that clear do not drink the reactionary nut milk o- oatly is literally just canola oil mm-hmm. um it tastes great. Though. It tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> it does taste good. Don't get me wrong. Um, sorry, I'm looking up these the the Schroeder packaging. Um, but well, yeah. they're not going to be able to see it. Not going to be able to see it. But I'm just gonna oh, you're going to read it. the yeah 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 um, yeah. It's just kind of like a. I I think that part of me is like I've never broken a bone, and I think it's because as a child I drank a lot of milk. I've never broken a bone either, but I think that you know. And I think that's like what they were aiming for, probably. Milk builds strong bones. They were always saying that. Yeah, but I don't uh, think that's true, though. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's probably just like the cheapest. So does get, so, like, so does like eating a like a good diet. Like absolutely. Like so does just like eating vegetables. Yeah, yeah. Big big veggie head over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I think we should be serving raw milk at schools. I do too. That's my take. I um I also talked about how 
we had like we almost had like a milk riot at my high school. I was on student student council or student senate, mm-hmm. and the there was like a senior football player in it who's like one issue that he joined student senate for was to like get back these jumbo chocolate milks <laughs> that that they had in like the vending machines um because they're like how are we as our as football players gonna get our gonna get our milk yeah we're it's, gonna lose it's, it's messed up that you're taking it away um yeah were you we were gonna t- talk schroeder yeah we, so in in the minneapolis public school system we had these um we had these milks delivered by schroeder and they had really crazy packaging that like I didn't realize until today or not today, but like till uh, the present day where it has like this very like two thousands kind of like very clean European kind of design, but on it, there are all, each, each, uh, kind of type of milk has its own little saying on the side. Mm-hmm. And like chocolate milk says, for those torn between two loves. And I believe, uh, it's kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) It's a little suggestive. I don't know. They're all like fairly suggestive. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like for those who like are, are going to make it happen for those who like want to think. What's the thinking man's milk? I bet it's skim milk. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skim milk sucks. It's horrible. I don't know why we were all drinking that. I wasn't. Well, I wasn't, but like, <laughs> like I would go to my pe- friend's house and yeah. they were all rocking skim milk. All that on like cereal. It's just like, it's having like a bowl of water. Can I just, it is, it's great. Yeah. Uh, first of all, that's really gross, but, yeah. uh, yo, 2% milk. The slogan is for those who see it like it is. (laughs) I think that's true. (laughs) I actually think that's true. (laughs) For those whose inner eye is trained. Yeah, 1% is for those who make it happen, which is true because NPCs are out here with the 1%. That's like how in Tibetan Buddhism you can only contemplate the terrifying demons after you've mastered regular mindfulness. It's two percent is yeah. you know. <laughs> what about whole milk? Uh let me see. Did you ever drink buttermilk? I don't I never saw that as something to drink. Yeah, what is it for? Cooking? Yeah, like pancakes. How is it different from like half and half? Um A little less cream. I think it's got like a little tang to it, right? I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's a little off. Just gone gone off a little. Yo, whole milk is for free thinkers and free spirits. Yes. <laughs> yes. Slay. Um but yeah, <laughs> we should talk about the the serious The question. other question. All right. So it's yeah, is sac- <laughs> is sacrifice a part of your spiritual life? What does that look like? Do you want to start? Uh, sure. Mm. I think that's one that I struggle with, Mm. uh, because I am someone who like struggles with codependency. Mm. And so I have this kind of, uh, 
inverse relation to sacrifice. Okay. Where I feel like I'm, I'm prone to sacrifice myself to like other people very quickly. Sure. And so with like a, you know, a budding spiritual practice, I get like, I get like a little concerned with myself where like over, over the past few years, one of my projects has been like sacrificing myself less, Mm. like be, you know, like setting up those boundaries, you know, just like things like that to where it's like, no, but you can like be sacrificing yourself to like God, you know? And, and while I understand you, you did like a little, I don't quite understand. So what I'm saying, I was, I was leading into something else about, so like while I have this over the past few years, I've been like training myself to be like very on guard for Mm -hmm. like situations in which I might be like with people, with people in which I'm sacrificing myself too much yeah um and then for it to like for me to like realize that i need to be like sacrificing i would say sorry to jump in but i would say that that's not sacrifice oh to like people yeah yeah Mm. because in my experience i have that issue too and in my experience there's expectation tied to that Mm. and i would say that's true sacrifice is expectationless yeah no, you're right. I agree with that. I'm not, and I'm not yeah. saying like, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying like, I think, I, I just think just there's a be difference. The, you want to be on the same page about uh, definition. Yeah. Which is completely cool with me. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, I often find myself giving over too much of myself, but I guess, okay. I guess to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's, that's a religious definition of sacrifice. Yeah. People do use sacrifice in the more colloquial way to just mean I sacrifice X for Y. Yes. Right. Like I, I, I sacrifice personal time for time with you. Yes. Okay. Stuff like that. So I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. You're coming from it in like a purely. Uh, yeah. I mean, ritual sacrifice. Yeah. 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 Um, not, not, not the sus kind, <laughs> not Balenciaga type. I, I'm gonna have to keep an eye on Nick over here. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I don't know. Binding of Isaac, you know. Um. <laughs> so currently, I would say. Um. Currently, I would say I would I, I struggle with the sacrifice. I mean, um. While. I. Sorry, we got ourselves all jumbled up because I I feel like I was gonna. So I'm, I'm sorry. No, I got no, you jumbled no, up. No, no, it's all good. Uh, but but that's kind of like what I'm transforming it into. Yeah. So thank you for bringing up the the you know the kind of give and take of it. Because yeah. with codependency, I do want to point out that like yeah, it isn't just like I'm like a sheep and like you know you know wolves in this world it's like i've i've learned a method that like no that's that's what i mean like when you when you when you do that like you are expecting absolutely yes yeah yeah you're you're taking things as a uh 
transaction. Transaction. Yeah. Um, so basically what, what I have been doing and it's like, what I mean is like, it's very hard for me to like see it as some kind of like, um, in my mind, I feel like I have a very like grand vision of like what sacrifice would be. Yeah. But, but really like at this point, like it's, it's just transforming that like transactional sense into like Mm. a more manageable, (laughs) like true sacrificial, like doing good things for people. And then it's just like, but I truly like, you know, like have not having attachment to it, not having to be transactional. Yeah. It's, it feels totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a really good question and your answer got me thinking about a bunch of stuff. Um, so I feel like I was raised, I came of age spiritually in Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, like not raised like as like a mid twenties guy, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like, as you know, metaphorically raised and like, I feel like, um, there's, there's this interesting dynamic, these two sides of a dynamic present in spaces like that, where on the one hand you, I learned that was the first place I learned that really sort of, expectationless sort of boundless potentiality of of faith or or of you know just like what can happen when you sort of drop your expectations around Mm -hmm. relationships or what you yourself are capable of Mm -hmm. and how that allows you to act differently and then how quickly that that incredible potential gets sapped when you start to think of it like self-improvement or something like that. Mm. Like, I guess what I'm saying is like, it can easily tip into like prosperity gospel where it's like, I have to get like, I have to give up my ambition so that in giving up my ambition, I will become successful. Yeah. (laughs) Like God will bless me. Yeah. Um, and so I really like, I do struggle with that. Um, I, so I do a, I will share this and this is kind of a, you know, take this for what, for, for what it is. Cause it's just me, but I do a prayer almost every morning that I found in a Jesuit prayer book where basically, so first I ask, first I ask, um, mother Mary and then I ask Jesus and then I ask, ask the heavenly father, God, um, I ask for the, the same things of all of them basically to, to buy into the standard of value of Jesus and to have the courage to, to buy into that standard and then to, to, to live a humble life, um, to be thought little of by, by the rich and, and powerful basically that's what the prayer says Mm. and like i don't like actually feel that way at all like that's not my instinct to want that yeah but i feel like that's that's like a really important thing for me personally to to like try to sacrifice every morning when i get up just to be like like please make me basically make me like not like swagged out 
Yeah. Like, like I'm sa- I, w- I want to sacrifice my swag. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, it, it just, it brings me a feeling of freedom from basically bondage to that. Yeah. To wanting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's a bit, you know, it's a bit like, it's a bit specifically Christian, but I think it can be applied to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like one thing I want to put out there is that there's like kind of a, there's kind of a elite, like, especially in, in, in my thinking yeah. where, especially once we talk about transaction, yeah. I'm like looking for the transaction in these things. Yeah. And the thing about, uh, a sacrifice is, is that the, the nature of like God, this like all, you know, like everything yeah. is that like when you sacrifice yourself to it, um, it is like the only like the only thing in which there can't be like a transaction. Yeah. Because like you're you're already alive, like you're already like Yeah. <laughs> the transaction is it was like it's 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 you're you're on the other end almost like repaying the transaction. Yeah. If there is one. No, it's it's a it's a par like sacrifice is a paradox. Yeah. It's like you you give up you give up power and then like all of a sudden like existence becomes creative mm-hmm. in that moment because you're not tied to mm-hmm. what you're giving up. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. But then like, there's also like ethical like debates. Like I was talking with my friend Tyler about <laughs> Kierkegaard's uh, fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. You ever read that essay? I haven't. It's about like the teleological suspension of ethics um, mm-hmm. in specifically the story of, um, the binding of Isaac. So Abraham's sacrifice of, of Isaac. Yeah. Um, which if you know the story, he doesn't end up av- actually having to sacrifice him. Yeah. God ends up pulling up and saying, no, it's all good. Mm-hmm. But like the idea that like you have to, the idea that like faith, faith is like absolute, um, that you would go to any length. Yeah. It's like, it gets it gets dicey like in the world right um so i think there's a i guess what i'm saying is like there's a limit to there's a limit to sacrifice like there's a there's a caution i would caution against pushing a sort of false asceticism on yourself of like when i say that i'm sacrificing my swag like I do that in my prayer life, but like, I'm still doing a podcast. Like I'm still, yeah, like, I'm still like living my life. Yeah. He's still asking me to help him get dripped out in 2023. Exactly. Like we're, we're, <laughs> we're getting the Hedy Slimane jeans. We're getting the Amiri's Hans and we, you know, Hans, we're going to invest three way in a pair of Amiri's yep. brotherhood of the traveling Amiri's. Yep. Um, so like, don't think that that means, I, I, I personally think that like, and this is why I've gotten into a lot of the sort of medieval Christian stuff is like, I personally think that, um, there's this phrase, paupertas and terra aliena. And I don't speak Latin, but that's what it means. Poverty in foreign soil. This idea of spiritual poverty. So like leaving behind your assumptions and assumed dogmas and sort of like embracing being an exile in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, in doing so, you actually gain a greater love of the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that like, 
I don't think that we should sacrifice in order to like deny ourselves of living in the world, but like to gain a greater love of like being with people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. That's, that's, that's the paradox of it. That's why yeah. I just want to say, yeah, it's the one thing where it's like the tra- the transactional element isn't there, but yeah. it's, you know, it's still there on like a metal level. No, abso- absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I feel like as, as humans, we're like, we're like fated to always kind of bear that. Yeah. That transactional level or like concerned of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. I mean, that we're human. We're mm-hmm. human. Um, I think we, I think we answered that one pretty well. Yeah. Do you mind if I get a little heater on my coffee? Gil, could you, could you hit me with a heater? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Feel, feel free to pick the next question. Yeah. I don't think we have to go to order this. Some of these are real difficult, so it'd be nice to intersperse some of the... (laughs) Yeah. I love the difficult questions though. I might hit I might hit hit us with uh Kevin. Actually no no no. I, I can I can immediately pull up Sean's in my head. Okay, yeah, let's do Sean's. Alright. Sean asks, Do you have any recurring nightmares? Um I talk I I don't really talk. I don't really talk about this a lot. No, no, no. I So, I lately I don't really have any recurring nightmares, but I did as a child. Mm. Um the nightmare uh and I still think about it to this day. Yep. So, what it was is that uh me and my family were in like it was always like implied that it was a submarine. Mm. Um, even though it had like kind of like winding pathways mm. and it had that like submarine red light wow. kind of, you yeah. know, so everything was just like red light, these pathways. When uh, you say winding pathways, I mean like, <laughs> I mean like if you've ever been on a submarine, everything, I, yeah, everything I, is, it's straight, straight. It's, yeah. li- it's just like a linear, yeah. like you have like one long, like tunnel basically. And everything's kind of like offshoots of it. Yeah. This was kind of like, you know, there'd be like rights and lefts in, in kind of like a, like a dark hmm. kind of poorly lit, except for by red light. Scary. Kind of metal maze. Yeah. Um, but we, we had these, we had like a room as a family and they were bunk beds, <laughs> right? Yeah. Submarine style. And every night, which is an interesting, thing because there was no way to tell what was day or night just like when we would go to bed we'd all lay down and the lights would like dim yeah go off and then there was some kind of like there was like a bigfoot creature on on this submarine that would patrol the submarine oh my god and would take you away if you weren't sleeping yo this is like really similar to my recurring nightmare in certain (laughs) ways um so the thing was, is that I, I would never be able to sleep. Of course not. But. You've got a Bigfoot coming in. i got a Bigfoot running around on the submarine. I couldn't sleep, but it would like know, like the implication was that if you weren't sleeping, it would know and it would take you. Yeah. But the thing is, is I would never, it would never take me. It would always take members of my family. Oh no. And I'd like watch. 
so diabolical and then like it was like, like a weed. saw movie <laughs> yeah. and i had that dream for like years really mm-hmm. do you remember when you stopped having it i was probably i was probably like seven mm-hmm. i don't remember like what happened or anything yeah um i don't yeah i don't have it anymore but it is like so ingrained in like my memory that yeah. it like feels like it's like honestly hard to tell if i like did stop having the dream you know yep <laughs> or if i'm still living it <laughs> we all live in a hellish submarine yeah um that's terrifying i so yeah i had a recurring nightmare when i was a kid so okay so sean's question is do you have any recurring nightmares I yeah. I don't, but I will I will be honest and say, when I went through a breakup last year, I had recurring nightmares about the breakup mm. for like a few months. Like it happening over and over. Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, yeah. And Freud, you know, Freud says like his whole thing about dreams is just that it's just the compulsion to repeat. It's mm. like. He basically asks why, because he was like, his initial theory about dream, about dreams was wish fulfillment. But then he was like, well, why would war veterans have recurring dreams about horrible war? Cause like, why would they wish to, to experience that? Yeah. So then he came up with ultimately the theory that leads him to the death, death drive, which is the compulsion to repeat the, um, the desire to sort of recreate situations that resemble traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, in order that we might master them, essentially. Yeah. Who knows if he's right? I think dreams are more magical than that, personally. But definitely. Um, but I had a dream when I was a kid that um, I would be sleeping in my crib, and I think I had the dream at the age where I wasn't any longer sleeping in a crib, mm-hmm. so it would be like, you know, a throwback <laughs> uh, to being a baby. Yeah. And, uh, basically these clowns would come to my house. Mm-hmm. They would pull up in my driveway in this big clown car and they would all get out and come up to my crib and take me out of my crib and basically drive away with me yeah. from my parents' house. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. And they weren't like, they weren't like evil, terrible, scary clowns, but they were like suspicious. Yeah. It was like, what? Like, you know. I often find that, like, I don't really have, like, terrifying nightmares. Yeah. Um, In fact, uh, for a long time, I would say that I didn't have nightmares. Mm. I've been getting, I've been getting some, like, kind of stress dreams lately that I would say are, like, equivalent to nightmares for me. Um, And I guess that this would count the recurring nightmares, but I I have a lot of... uh, I never have work stress dreams, yeah. but I have a lot of dreams where I'll, ha- you know, be like going to school. Yeah. Uh, you know, for newer listeners, classic for newer listeners. Yeah. I, uh, I personally dropped out of school of, of college. And so in these dreams, I'll be like going back to school. Yeah. And then, uh, like I'll remember like halfway through the semester that like I had another class I needed to be at. You know that's like a classic dream yeah, trope. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's like it's like yeah. complete you know, I, I don't really get like yeah. I don't get any any good nightmares. Like yeah. that's my nightmare. 
You know that's a mid dream, right, bro? No, I'm and I'm blessed that that, that's a that that's my nightmare. I will I will say the worst the worst nightmares I've ever had um, withdrawing from benzodiazepines, absolute terror nightmares on the edge of waking and sleep, Mm -hmm. um, sleep paralysis, and the whole nine. Yeah, and in in those you just get these sort of Lovecraftian monster body horror kind of things, Mm -hmm. just like melting flesh and. You know, teeth on your arms and stuff like that. Terrifying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Bad stuff. Uh, so Lord save me from that. Um, should we do another question? Yes. Okay. Um, let me ask another, another sort of difficult one. So this is from Kevin O. Kevin says, does the great mother only assume her form so our limited human brains can understand? Do you want to start that one? I have I have some ideas about this, but I want to see if we land at the same place. Yeah, because I feel like we may. Um, so I assume by great mother he means some sort of divinity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see how I interpreted that. Like I I I get the divinity, but the great mother has some like Gaia vibes to it for sure. So I think I think of it like. Yeah. How that how that reads to me is like uh is like is does the earth assume its form? Wait, how what, what was the phrasing of it? Does the great it, there's an important claw there's an important That's word in I'm it asking. and and that important word is only. So does the great mother only assume her form so our limited human brains can understand? Interesting. Yeah. Understand yeah. what would be the question, but Absolutely. Yeah. But see, that's, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with, with my feeling on this and how I interpreted the question, which was kind of this like, this like humans on earth, like does the great mother assume the form of the earth? So like only so that we could, you know, interpret it or, 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 sorry. I keep forgetting the specific phrasing of it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But like, so we can, you know, um, and I think that there like is something to that, but I feel like there's a, it's, it's not necessarily like the form that's like being assumed to me and more just like our ability to like what we're able to like perceive sensory wise. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, there are like heightened mystical states and psychedelic states and things like that, that like reveal that like, there's a lot more going on than we can perceive. And I think that it's like, everything is there, but we're just, you know, just because of the, the nature of our senses that are like developed in like a fairly like midway we're just, we get what we are able to perceive Hmm. and, uh, you know, real Steiner heads out there. He's kind of, uh, he kind of had the idea that, that our, you know, you know, we know like humans, we have our brains, like that's our kind of our, 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 that's our organ. That's our W that's our, that's our sensory organ. He was, he was big on like, uh, not even necessarily brains, but like the, the act of thinking, yeah. thinking itself is the sensory organ yeah. that humans have. Yeah. Um, and that 
we are taking in, like, we are able to access the the full scope of the world with training. So do you think through the sensory organs? Do you think thinking. do you think thinking is active? Do you think Steiner thinks it's active or do you think it's essentially a receptive purely he receptive organ? He, he thinks it's receptive. Okay. Yeah. So I I'm going to take a hard disagree. Yeah. And say that the way this question is posed to me sounds like a kind of simulation scenario mm-hmm. in which basically there is a sort of existing reality and our job is, is basically to um, edify and glorify that reality by bearing witness to it. Um, I, you know, and I think, I think there's a lot of, I think there's like elements of this that are absolutely like, you know, understandable. Um, mm-hmm. But my understanding of creation is that per- personally, this is just me is that creation is unfinished mm-hmm. and that in thinking, in discerning, uh, we are actively participating in the creation of the world. Yeah. And so I wouldn't, I don't, I personally don't believe in a divinity or a, a Gaia that would, that would, um, lead to the creation of a human thinking or sensory organ just for its own glorification or edification. Yeah. I, th- I think that the only reason creation would exist in the first place, um, would be as, a, as a sort of like unfinished, uh, you know, unfolding process. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so my answer would be, I would take out that only. Mm. Right. So I would say if you took out that only, yeah. then, I, then I would agree with it. But I, I don't, I think that's a limiting yeah, um, I guess, I guess, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I will say that, that yeah. in my answer, I gotta say, I would, I dropped the only. Yeah. Cause like, I don't, I, and I, and I would say, like, I don't think that, uh, I mean, I certainly don't believe, I, I do like the idea of the, of thinking as a sensory organ, cause I often feel like I, yeah, say receive, you know, yeah. things. I wouldn't say, it's necessarily like psychic. It's just like a a process of like logic. Well, well, and I do think that there's like, there's a give and take. Like I'm not saying that we like just create things out of nothing. Yeah. Like I think we, we, we're, we're in a kind of like call and response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking about how you hit a hard disagree on that, but I don't think it's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide in my mind if everything already being out there yeah and uh, us perceiving it is necessarily it's not like, i mean yeah. i don't the thing is i'm not actually pedantic enough to like <laughs> care like, or draw that line yeah, about okay. like experience and phenomenology i just it's very important to me personally mm-hmm. to understand that basically like existence is creative oh absolutely like, human human because it's a very conservative religious position yeah to think that humans aren't invested with a creative power and mm-hmm. that the only only source of creation in the universe is a, so, a single divinity right mm-hmm. i don't think that's what kevin is suggesting here no but but i that's just that was just the the opportunity the, the angle i took and i thought i i wanted to see where you came in because i do feel like you and i are both kind of participationists absolutely yeah no absolutely we're we're definitely uh yeah people were even though i feel like a, I'm, a, I'm a very observant person 
Yeah. It's definitely like, you know, very life giving to me to both, you know, create and, yeah. uh, socially engage and, yeah. and things like that. And I think, well, and okay, here's what I think I want to say too. Yeah. Is the last thing is I think I haven't read enough Steiner to know, but like my, I would guess that well, he thinks it's receptive. I would also guess that like the revelatory aspect of thought, my, I guess my idea of it is that like perceiving and perceiving and creating is the same thing. Yeah. Like there is, that's, that's what I mean. No, def, definitely. Yeah. Cause it's, well, everything is like run through like your, yourself. Yeah. Like that's the thing is that yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it gets, it gets a little loopy, but he's, 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 he just means like the act of thinking like that's not you yeah. like that. He's what he separates that because like, ah. if you're thinking that like, yeah, you're thinking like art, your thoughts are like yours, yeah. you know, he's like, no, like when you think like there, that's, that's something that you can like, pr- like look at, you can be like looking at your thinking yeah, and then be like you know, change, you know, change your thinking or something, you know, but it's yeah. like, that's still like a stream that's coming through you and you can train yourself to, mm. you know, kind of deal with it differently. Yeah. So the creative angle of thinking isn't just a sort of just like, Oh, I feel this, I have this like impulsive thought. It's actually like developing that like awareness. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you can then yeah make a- action there's based l- there's levels it. to this shit basically there is. yeah <laughs> yeah is that good enough kevin yeah <laughs> it's levels to this um no i think that's i think that's good definitely um can i can i hit a yeah hit a question read? yeah what technological slash cultural shift would need to take place for people to read again and not like quote i'm going to read as a goal for self-improvement but a broader return towards readership, authors entering the public sphere once again, etc. Um, you wanna you wanna hit that first? I've got some thoughts as well. Yeah, I um, thank you, Eamon, for this question. It's been a joy getting to know you and to uh, discuss books with you. Absolutely. Um, I would take. So I just taught a class at the university called Classics of World Literature. And that class, um, I was forced in, not forced, but I was, you know, in making the syllabus for that class, I was like, for the first time, had to take like an extremely long view of like what literature is, Mm -hmm. um, going back to like, you know, antiquity and like prehistory even. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing I would just point out not to be like, annoying but like the period in which like reading as important uh in the way that we think of it in like modern history yeah is like insanely brief in the scope of human history yeah um because like mass literacy was only achieved for like you know a few centuries like Mm -hmm. barely yeah like like not even a few centuries like a century like a century (laughs) And like, you know, the novel as a form really only became like a commodity that was mass, like mass, you know, marketable after like the Victorian era and into the 20th century. Yeah. So it's like, that's not to say like, I don't mourn the kind of like end of, end of the novel, but like, I do think we have to take like an extremely long view on this and just be like, 
you know, kind of like, I mean, this is what Eamon's getting into with like kind of the motivations behind reading, mm-hmm. but like, what is it even yeah. and like, what are we doing mm-hmm. with language? Because there's been a relationship to language and to create like linguistic creation for a really long time, but it wasn't, I was seen as this sort of like vaunted, um, like taken out of society and put into this like special artistic place thing. Right. For a long time, it was just like epic, like tales and like storytelling and mm-hmm. like stuff that we've talked about a little bit. Um, so to actually answer the question, um, I would say like, I, I guess I would say like for a, a broader turn towards readership in the way that maybe Eamon is thinking of it. I would say that there would have to be just like a broader turn towards like, like living. Yeah. And like experience. Absolutely. Um, rather than like rep- representation as being like, and I don't mean political representation. I mean, yeah. Yeah. literal like image forms, semiotics, um, because technically, um, we have a higher literacy rate than ever before in human history around the world. And, um, people read more words on average per day than ever before. Yeah. Um, so there's a ton of reading going on, but like not, not the kind. Exactly. It's just the question of like, what is the form? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I try as hard as possible not to be reactionary about these things, even though there is a part of me that, you know, grew up on novels and wonders why most novels nowadays are bad. I think like part of it is that most novels today try to, um, try to imitate the forms of experience that we're subject to. And in doing so they can't, um, represent those forms better than just yeah, like the actual experience thereof. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot there. Yeah. It's not really an answer, but like it's, it's a it's a very hard to it's a, answer question. It's a really hard question. Um but I'm going to I'm going to come at it from a different angle. Perfect. Uh being that I kind of see myself as somebody who who was like lost in the sauce and didn't read. Um mm. Eamon and I have talked about that being in similar situations. Yeah. I kind of feel like I didn't like there were there were like s- s- books I read uh you know not to like <laughs> not to throw this out there but like the first like um there was a large period of my life where i just didn't read yeah i read a lot as a kid yeah uh, my mom was a teacher so like she was big on that yeah so number one read to your kids if when you if and when you have kids yeah read to those kids yeah um but like there is a large chunk of my life where i was you know i played video games i did other forms of recreation yeah that like uh you know, are not, are not fulfilling in the way that like I find reading to be. Yeah. Um, and in my early twenties, I like, I just like decided I was like looking for, you know, I was like, you know, I see books, like books have things in them. They're like incredibly, you know, they're like little worlds and I can like, I want to like start reading again. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, let me just say really quick. I think, I think the issue is that I think 
other than just books being boring for some people perceive them as boring. Like I think some people perceive them as containing information. Yeah. Whereas like, that's not at all what it is. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and also people thinking of themselves as like, I'm not a reader. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, I want to transition it a little bit into the fact that like the reactionary thing yeah. and how there is like this, I was, I was talking with my friend about how, uh, not only like, did I make this transition into like becoming a reader again? Yeah. But I feel like I, it's like amazing, like looking around me right now. Yeah. I have like so many of my friends have like, I know so many people who made that transition like back into reading. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there is a lot of reading. There is a lot of reading going on. Like the cultural shift I think is taking place. Yeah. But I think that there's like this thing where that really annoys me Mm. when like we talk about like, you know, like you hear people talking and they'll just be like, nobody reads books anymore. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like that's a lot of like what people say, like when they're like writing books, like, yeah, it's probably extremely hard to make money as an author right yeah. now. Like oh, buying books and things. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I feel like but that's like a, that's like a political economy no. question. It's not necessarily exactly. anything to do with reading itself. Exactly. Cause yeah. it's like, I'm not like, I'm not like signing anything anywhere. That's like, I'm reading books. Like, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> if they're like just going off like good reads, you know, yeah. and it's like, they're like, 30,000 active users on Goodreads. So like there must be 30,000 people in the world reading books. Like there's gotta be way more than 30,000. Yeah. No, I I'm just like, I'm yeah. just like, it's like an insane, like, yeah, there's like no way to quantify it, but like the well, feeling I, I get I, is that it is. Yeah. And I just mean by political economy, I just mean like, that's like a, that's a consequence of like the long tail of like developments in, in our economy that don't have to do with, yeah. That have to do with the, the devaluation of like certain kinds of labor mm-hmm. just generally. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Consolidation yeah. of like printing houses and like yeah. all such stuff. But like, are you, sorry, did I cut you off? A little bit. Okay. It's all good. Keep I going. just, I, all I mean is that. Cause I just have a few things. All I mean is just like on some like, but you know, positive, you know, minds, mindset things. If we want to change it, I think it'd be like <laughs> sick for people to just not be like, nobody's read, no one reads anymore. Like I agree. the people, the people who do read saying nobody reads anymore. I agree. Is so like elitist. It's elitist. It's wrong. It's alienating to it's the people alienating. that don't read. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like, this is what a reader is. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's no, I, I completely me. agree. And, and, and I'll say this transitions into something I wanted to say, which was that, um, Okay, I've I've I have two or three things. One, I've had periods in my life where I didn't read as well. Um, mm-hmm. um, when I was addicted to drugs, I didn't read almost anything. Yeah, at all. And and when I um, started to recover, my dad once said to me, "I'm so glad to see you reading again." Mm. Like it was like that was like a sign of like health health to yeah. him. Um, Another thing, which you just said, reminded me of like, so I just taught this class and like some of the people in it are like very like voracious readers, mm-hmm. like, you know, nerds, very erudite, um, well-read. I mean, these Gen Z pe- people are like, it's honestly pretty incredible. 
the range of stuff that they've like mm-hmm. e- exposed themselves to yeah. um, at a young age. Like um, I was extremely impressed, but I have other people in the class who were like basically by their own admission, like don't read at all. And mm-hmm. like the thing is, I just like in the class, I just taught, I just, um, I just treated like every person as the same. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't try to like, um, I didn't try to make like pleased to people to read right. or to be like, you know, you really should be, I know you don't like reading, but please just read this one. Like yeah. I just, I just treated them all as if like they were serious, yeah. seriously engaging with it. Yeah. And the result was that like, even though those, even those people that didn't like reading still like really engaged with the ideas in the class. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that to me is like, that to me is like extremely hopeful yeah because it's like yo like everyone like wants everyone wants like a life of the mind absolutely like everyone wants like a spiritual life there's not like and i rock with the people who also just say like i don't like reading but like it's not it's not even reading per se that we're talking about no yeah no it's like i don't really yeah i think it's the kind of yeah it's like it's like if you're like a normal person who like talks to like other people, mm-hmm. you'll like find that like regardless of like if you're like reading Dostoevsky or yeah. like not, like if you're like communicate if you're like able to like communicate at all yeah. about like the realities of your life, you'll find like compatriots and like everybody. Like yeah. everyone like under you know. I also think that there's this interesting like de reader de readerfication of like intellectual works that's going on like online too or like there's this massive import of like basically like 20th century philosophy and critical yeah, theory the memes like memes like yeah. and just people who sort of like talk about these things in like a yeah. quasi facetious scholarly way and i'm not anti that per se but i think that that's that's making it even more destabilized where it's like there's this like second life that all this stuff is having mm-hmm. that doesn't actually like doesn't have to do with like the the process of quote unquote reading yeah um so I don't know, there's a lot going on there is yeah hell yeah yeah thank you for that question Eamon. yeah thanks Eamon. should i move should i read a question uh yeah cool um how would you feel about doing preston's question i'm down kind of I think that that's a good segue. Honestly. Yeah, definitely. So Preston asked us a great, a great question, a little different vibe. Is Minneapolis really that small in parentheses in terms of social circles? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, it's, it's a yes, uh, and no kind of question. Yeah. I get, you know, as with any, as with any place, I want to say that, uh, you know, Preston is part of a, a group of people that we kind of, it feels like yeah. in just a couple months, like our friend groups are like folded in on each other yeah, and like in this really crazy way, that's like awesome. Yeah. But does lend itself to making things feel like really small. Like, oh my God, do I like know everybody? Yeah. But every time I feel like that, it's just like, I meet, I meet like wonderful new people. Yeah. Um, I think that 
uh, Minneapolis is, is like a lovely city and like socially it can be like pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a known thing with transplants to this city Yeah, that, um, people who are from Minneapolis who like grew up together, notoriously their social circles are, are like rock solid. Like they're built in. So, I mean, I, we talked about this a little bit with those kind of like Northeast friend groups. Yeah. That's an extreme form, but yeah. basically it's, it's incredibly hard to get your foot in the door here. It is. Um, and so like, I will say that, like, you know, I feel like, I feel like Nick and I, and like, you know, people or people we know who are just like incredibly like, we seem, we're like fairly open. We, we, the door is wide open. The door is wide open. If you want to be friends with us, like <laughs> it really is pull up and make a family. Like if you don't have no family, if you don't have no bros, you can pull, you up. Can pull up and make a family in one in day. In one day. Absolutely. Yeah. That kind of is. And that's how, is. that's how I would answer this question is basically like, yeah, it's a small world, but it's also like, it's as small as you make it. Like, mm-hmm. Because like, each person is like, <laughs> each person is like an infinite being. Each person is a world unto itself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, like, I mean, I will also just say there's an element of like self-selecting in like crews. Mm-hmm. So there's like parallel worlds in Minneapolis that like, yeah. that like we're constantly like touch rubbing up against, but like, yeah, are like parallel to our own. Absolutely. You know? I've honestly, I was like thinking the other day, like how I, you know, I don't want to dox anybody, but like, I was like, no, I've been like noticing like people that we know, like getting to know each other. Yeah. And like, that's like honestly more fulfilling than like the act of like getting to know, like the initial, like I'm making friends, like seeing it, like all meld together, other people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, like is really touching to me. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I had that, like, I think we've both had this experience of like coming into a new friend group and initially thinking of ourselves as, as like the main characters in that experience. Cause naturally that's just how you do. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm making new friends and then realizing that all the new people that you meet, don't all don't completely know each other yeah and they're still like feeling that out and there's little gaps and aporias yeah everywhere and it's just like yo that's so cool like absolutely we're just a part of the tapestry exactly (laughs) but yeah i would say also preston you've given me a opportunity to say this is along the lines of your like stop saying that people aren't reading yeah like 2023 we're not talking shit about Minneapolis. No. We're putting on for our city. We are. In the words of Jack, this is the best city in the world. Yep. And and we love it here. Absolutely. And we're gonna make we're gonna make a beautiful world here. We are. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's and it's something that I've kind of been uh I think that the beautiful thing about the yes of that question. Yeah. That that Minneapolis is really that small. Yeah. Is that if like since that's the case when i like look around me and yeah. i see like like the 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 creation that's like happening yeah. here yeah. and like like the the mental activity yeah and like the spiritual activity yeah i'm like if this is happening here in like such a small yeah. view like 
like I, it, it feels like a very powerful thing. It's like, it's like an atomic. It's explosion. extremely powerful. And to link back to a thing we were saying about like creation versus perception, like it's not like what's happening here isn't being indexed in like a representational way no. in the same way that it would be on the coasts. Yeah. And it feels that much more potent for that reason. Absolutely. Yeah. It does feel like there's, there's some type of like, yeah we're primed and, yeah and and it's gonna and it feels really good to be able to be like we're gonna put on for our city <laughs> yeah like, is it really i swear to god like i've i've had that like nascent view i've talked yeah i talked extensively to my to my friend myra about this thing yeah we like we see our friends like leave for like bigger cities and i remember at one point telling like just being like if you're like i get you know, the art world type stuff. I get yeah. that stuff, but like there's some necessity if, sometimes, you know, but like, but also is there, is there? Yeah. like if you're really like, like good, or, or do we just like perceive that? And that's our problem. Exactly. Like if you're, if, yeah. if you're really, if what you're doing is really as important as it should be, you can, you can do it anywhere Yeah, and you can create, you know, the yeah. world in which you want to do it in. And yeah. I think that that's like kind of happening here Yeah, and it feels really cool. It feels really of, cool. And we're, yeah, I'm fired up. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm fired up for this year. Fulcrum, come in. Yo, Yodi gang. You feel me? Need I say more? Need I say more? Is there that much more to say? <laughs> Exquisite. Um, I think that goes into, uh, Kian's question. Yeah. Kian had a couple funny <laughs> questions. I think you just thought of these like last minute, but let's do it. Even so. Yeah. Um, so Kian asked what question or sorry, what questions? <laughs> Kian asked, he's going, he's going Arabian nights mode. Yeah. What questions would you ask yourself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kian asked, what steps do you take to ensure you are the main character in your own story? I, I don't, uh, should I, I'll read all three. In the yeah. Way. Let's, let's uh, three. as an NPC, how do you ensure your dialogue isn't poorly written? <laughs> and what would you do if you had infinite energy, both personal and industrial? Yeah. I love that second question. Yeah. I, I think he's being a little facetious. Yeah. So let me give, cause I was, we were just talking about fulcrum with Kean, yeah. this YouTube uh, creator that I think Michael put us on to, mm-hmm. uh, but that, seems like a lot of people are already aware of we won't explain it maybe let's i'll put some audio in the episode or something but like he has this one video where he's going around smoking weed as he does and he's like addressing a question that was put to him by a by a fan that's like when you're going around like do you 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 must just be treating other people as npcs he's just like not like I not like I don't I don't do that like motherfuckers are straight up sentient out here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like Yeah, so I think Kean is like playing off that a yeah. little bit with these questions. Um I I think that I'm inclined to assume that I'm the main character. So I don't I wouldn't say that I need, personally need to take steps. Maybe he means that in like a how do you take charge of your own life kind of way? Yeah. Um in which case like that is a good question. Um, but let me just quickly say, I love the second question as an NPC. How do you ensure your dialogue isn't poorly written? Um, cause it's yeah. like, 
That's a real because it's it's sort of like how do you how do you ensure that like you aren't just like you you aren't just like regurgitating yeah like you aren't just you aren't just like not in just like a I'm a vessel bro kind of way yeah but in like a literally like unconscious like regurgitation way like I don't know if I have an answer I I'm talking a lot like what do you what do you, what do you think yeah yeah yeah. I think I think ensure ensure is a linchpin yeah. of these questions that like yeah. I might I but might yeah, he said ensure both times. Yeah, that yeah. I might I don't know if I can ensure that. That's the, yeah. that's I feel like that's the struggle of my life is like ensuring yeah like that I'm that I'm like present as myself as the main character. Yeah. And uh when I interact with people who might view me as an NPC. Yeah. You know? Uh that like Okay, I I think I get it now because it's not, it's not how do you, how do you make sure that you assume that you're the main character? It's how do you actually become? Yeah. 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 And also with the, with the NPC, it's like, you know, we're not NPCs to each other, but like, yeah, when you go out in the world, you're interacting with people who are going to be, who might view you as the NPC. Of course. You know, that's, that's almost always. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to ensure your dialogue isn't poorly written, you know, I feel like it's, it's kind of just being like showing up as yourself, treating other people, you know, treating other people like they're the main character. Engage in that vernacular culture, baby. That's what, that's what I'm about nowadays. Engage in that vernacular tradition of pulling idioms out of your, out of your perceptions. This is where, this is where language and creativity, perception and creativity meet right yeah is that the level of the idiom you know need i say more <laughs> obliviated 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 like I, that's why i love that that guy yeah he's 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 <laughs> he's like pulling in, in a vernacular out of the ether absolutely and like giving form to it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> god yeah fired up i don't i don't know about the third one infinite energy Fed infinite energy. I think that's like a industrial. I like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd build a, I'd build a scary ass factory, bro. If I had infinite energy, like, I yeah. don't, it gets into like, no, it, it gets into like paradoxical territory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause it's like, why would you, what would you, why would you even do anything? Yeah. I probably just, yeah, I'd just be like, I just do, you know? Yeah. I'd just hang out. Yeah forever i think yeah like i would do the same thing hang out forever yeah <laughs> i just like, i would, would hang out forever <laughs> i would i would hang with my crew forever <laughs> for eternity exactly yeah thank you for those questions Kim. thank you Keaton. if you're gonna strive too hard to be relevant that's when it becomes
Oh, best believe it, god damn it, best believe it. I, I go to school here. Yeah, your content is fucking insane. Thank you. Fulcrum, come in. Yo, yo, the gang, you feel me? <laughs> Choosing Tim. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. Flavorful. What's your name? Aisha. Aisha. Yes, that's my real name. Nice to meet you. I'm Michael. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. And let me give you a number. Oh, for sure. Okay. Betty then a hole. Betty then a hole. Betty then a Obliviated. Goddamn obliviated. Beautiful little vibes in here, for real. It's got beautiful vibes in here, bruh. Have a good day. Hey, it's beautiful vibes in there. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> I fucking love you guys, Jody family. Make sure you guys drop a like on the goddamn video, you feel me? I just gotta let you guys know, people say, Fulcrum, how do you not care what people think about you, you feel me? And then people be like, yo, you just gotta think that everyone's an NPC. And that is not the case, bro. When you're interacting with motherfuckers in public, these motherfuckers are sentient, you feel me? They're human beings, they got their own complex lives of their own type shit, you feel me? I don't be thinking that motherfuckers just be bots and NPCs in public, bro, you feel me? Some people definitely be bots and NPCs, bro, like, not everyone, bro. Not everyone, for real, for real. You feel me? Like, real shit. Workers, students, bro. We're all human beings. We're all human beings. And yeah, I'm just out here to spread the good vibes. You feel me? Spread the good vibes. Best believe it. Oh, shit. I'm faded. I'm faded, my friend. Dude, I'm faded, bro. No way. What do you mean, no way, bro? I'm faded, bro. What the fuck? What's good, my friend? What's your naming, Tim? Caleb, nice to meet you, dog. Nice to meet like, you, Can I get a bro? picture, bro? Of course, bro. You're a legend, dog. What are you're you doing a legend, here? bro. I'm just making a video, bro. I'm just chilling. Dude, are you doing in the library? Yeah, bro. I had some. Nah. Uh, I had some Yodi gang members record me fucking taking. Wait, swear, no yeah, way. Bro. Caleb, right? Yeah. Yodington. That's who he's got in we out here in Berkeley. Best to leave it. You want to say anything to the video? Um, they did it out. They did it out. They did it Hey, bro. Bro. Gangington. Family. Hey. Gangington. Can I let you know something, bro? I just want to let you know, bro. Awesome human to human shit, I believe in you and you can do whatever the fuck you wanna do, bro. Like real shit. You could get that goddamn degree, bro. You could do it, bro. You could really do it. I believe in you, bro. I believe in your family. I believe in you type shit at the end of the day. I believe in you. Awesome human to human shit, bro. I believe in you guys, bro. I believe in you guys, bro. I really what believe you in you guys, bro. You okay in there, bro? 
What's your name, family? Chris. Chris Ian, bro. Nice to meet nice you. You're Yodi family? Yeah, Yodi family. Hell yeah, bro. I'm just getting faded. I'm you getting faded. faded out here? Yeah, I'm making a video. Yodi. 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 Wokington. Well, you guys have a good rest of your day, bro. Best believe. I believe in you, bro. I believe in all of you guys. Hey, I believe in you guys, too, bro. You got a question for me, bro? Yeah, I think we should check out what Lizzie's got for us. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Are you ready to hear? Yep. Hello, this is Lizzie. I'm at Michael's. Um, my <laughs> first question was, do you think people are still ironic? And that it's because, like, in the 2010s, remember how everybody was dressing really ironically and stupid? And then <laughs> that became, like, a thing. But now is it just... We're all just ironic. You know, like, what's real? That's what I was wondering. Like, has the irony folded in on itself? <laughs> what's your favorite sound? <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> There's also one more, but let's get through these two and then. Okay. Or maybe we should, yeah. It's going to send this. Okay, um, here's another one that's more serious, maybe. As we get older, we kind of lose our lust for life or kind of that excitement about things um, hmm. and become more jaded. And I was wondering if you two had any ways that you uh, fight these feelings and, I don't know, stay grateful or excited for things, even though you're kind of in the day in, day out of life. I don't know. Maybe there's a reading, a passage you could share. I like that last one. Yeah. I don't know. But the irony thing is, is tough. Yeah. That's a tough, like, uh, yeah. Combat. I, I, uh, I mean, I would just say that she answered her own question. Yeah. That yes, the irony has folded in on itself. Mm -hmm. Everything is real. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it just gets to a point where like you have to like, yeah. You just have to give up and be like, damn, I just want to be myself. <laughs> like, yeah. Like ultimately you have to, I think you have to give yourself the freedom to be the, the word I've been using lately and people who know me will notice this is facetious. Mm -hmm. I think it's okay to be facetious. Yeah. Because that's facetious has cunning to it. Mm -hmm. It's not deadening. Yeah. It's, no, it's lifening. Like yeah, there's like yeah. a there's like an aspect to it. Shout out all my facetious ass shorties on on Instagram. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a uh, facetious is the is the you know when people are like my language is sarcasm. Yeah, that's like a classic. Uh, 
Yeah. That's a classic dating app thing. But uh facetious is like the is like the the real like the I feel like sarcasm has like this air of like you can do sarcasm with like anything. Yeah. It doesn't have to like include like a part of you in it. I used to do a lot of sarcasm when I was younger, like yeah. in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And it's like it's like incredibly confusing honestly yeah people were so confused by me they all thought it was so mean <laughs> i like wasn't intending to be but i was like yeah yeah but like but like uh facetiousness has like a cocked eyebrow thing yeah you know it's, it's like, like a- it's like i'm inviting you in <laughs> yeah i'm inviting you into this yeah yeah um i mean we live in such a stupid world but it's also beautiful mm-hmm. it's like those both of those things can be true mm-hmm absolutely um getting getting older and uh like feeling feeling the lust for life leave yeah i think that's that's why we're, <laughs> that's, that's a big that's one here. that's a big, a big one. one i would say that life has cycles mm-hmm. and that sometimes i think sometimes that just happens and I don't think that the people who never experienced that, like, I wouldn't trust those people. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like life is always, yeah. yeah. Emmy joy. Yeah. Emmy joy for real. That's a throwback to that Instagram yeah. sensation. Yeah. Where it's just like an always on 110, like. I mean, she's psychotic. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's yeah. Like- <laughs> Yeah. Um, but maybe she's asking for, maybe Lizzie's asking for, um, a reflection on how to regain it if you're at the stage where you've, absolutely, where you feel, felt you've lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like very, hmm. it's a really real question. It is. I think like, oh man. I mean, I would just say that like, Yeah. I would say that if there's a, my experience has been that a, that when I'm in that state, there's really not a lot I can do about it. But B that once I get out of it, I usually discover that there's some deeper pain yeah, or extreme fear that's underneath the kind of just deadening. Yeah. And I would say that like maybe the maybe the best thing that I can do in those moments is to like surrender myself to the to what's underneath. Um but like I don't I'm not always even in a place where I can do that. No, I it's, mean I don't know, it's just a tough one. It is a tough one. I feel like it's for me it's always been like um, there, it always like starts with some kind of like intention mm. to, yeah, to, f- towards something. Yes. Intention is really important. It is. Um, and then it, and it often will, f- I'll, I'll, I'll get to, I'll, I'll, I'll be moving along and I'll look back. I'll be like, my intention towards this was like completely incorrect but like from this vantage point looking back like oh my god that's like what was like that's what actually was like driving me towards this like deadening yeah 
Um, and then like from there, like things, you know, seem to have like already been happening. It's like, well, this is like, I'm already moving in this direction. Like I'm already this person. Um, I guess that's, it's a little fairly confusing. I want to, I'll give an example because sometimes <laughs> yeah. when I get into that kind of <laughs> impressionistic, like, yeah, headspace. um, like earlier when I was talking about, um, my kind of realization that there was a, that, that I had been like going about my relationships with this, um, incredible fear of passion. Mm-hmm. I didn't, it's not like I realized that I like recently realized that, but yeah. I had been like, I had, I had made some form of intention to like heal my like issues relate, you know, relating to people sure. at some point. Sure. And I had like gone through many, many dead ends, mm. you know, on that, like, oh, it's like, it's this. And, and then I was like working, you know working towards something or like making moves in my life yeah towards some kind of uh healing of 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 the wrong thing something yeah. that i was already like very you know good at like connect you know like uh mentally connecting with people yeah you know like getting you know getting to know you know i like there are points in my life where i like think that i'm a shy person and i'm i'm very clearly not no you're not shy at all <laughs> yeah and yeah. like you know it's like things like that like Sometimes your own perspective on your, on your, uh, on what like is, is kind of like you're, you're depressing or like keeping down, mm. you know, is, uh, isn't right, but like kind of making an intention and like making any kind of, you know, move is going to like kind of shake things up a bit and like give you a little bit of like room to, yeah, to look at things. Yeah. I mean, I would just say that like, my experience with like intention is that it can start from a place in which I'm like incredibly ill-equipped to like follow through on that intention. And I might not even get to the place. I might not even get to like baseline yeah. or ground zero for like a year after that. Yeah. But then like, I might look back from a certain point and be like, Oh damn. Like I was so, I was so far down in a hole. Yeah. But like I, I was able to like, not like singly by myself, but like Almost I was, a, I was, I was able to get myself out of that hole mm-hmm. partially by setting that intention mm-hmm. and just being like, I don't know. I, I feel like for me, like, yeah, it's like I had to first be like, I'm so like, dep- I'm so purposeless and depressed, but like, God damn it. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm going to like find something, yeah, you know, and then still not like finding it for like a very long time. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. It is very hard. Yeah. I would also just say that like, you know, we've also got this like pretty like toxic attachment to youth. And I think that's why you and I are like pretty pro like intergenerational dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both with like our younger friends and like, we want to get to know some Senexes as well. Yeah. Some, some, some elders. Yeah. Um, cause I think it's just like, you know, like we're all going to die. Right. At some I'll point. Say that, bro. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's true. Bro. You, no, no. 
<laughs> we're never gonna die. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're, no. I mean that in yeah. like a good way. No, like, no, me too. It's like we're all, we're all, we're all gonna die at some point. So like, don't hold on to your youth. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, I mean, as much as possible. Like, I, I want to also tie something in with with both questions yeah. together. There's like a sense, um, and something that we were kind of like very briefly. I like I we were talking about with Stevie the other night, mm. which is that, uh, with the, the like kind of, uh, irony poisoning that like everyone's experienced. Yeah. Uh, and along with it, the idea of a cliche, mm. um, like investigate just like your own thinkings about things because <laughs> the, the only, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> investigate your own thinking. about things. <laughs> Christ. No, 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 no. Investigate like the things. <laughs> investigate thoughts. Yeah. Joe Rogan. <laughs> you might have to investigate your thoughts here. Uh, no, no, no. But what I, what I mean is that like there are so many things that like are, we were specifically, oh God, I don't even remember what we were talking about specifically about the cliche. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But like there are so many things that I found that like, I had just like, I was on autopilot with my like thinking yeah. on, on certain things like about like, just like things that people had told you, you know, yeah. just like, Oh, that's a cliche, cliche. But we're at this point that that's been like passed down so much that it's almost like it's, it's replaced kind of like folk knowledge where now it's just like a cliche. I, I would say avoid thinking about collapse and, and sort of like Definitely. social doom. That too. Um, like, yeah. Read Leave Society by Talon. Certainly. Yeah. I just, yeah, just like, just, just any kind of cliche that yeah. you feel is like, you're like, that's cliche. Just like, be like, what's up with that? Free yourself from sociomorphic thinking. Mm. Don't think about society too much. Definitely. We don't live in a society. No. We don't. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on? This one is like, yeah. it's, I, it's a good question. Thank you, Lizzie. But it's, I think we could, we could spend all day on it. We certainly could. Um, do you, do you want to try to get to all of these today? Uh, I, I figured we would, we're going to have to maybe release two parts. Yeah. Somewhere out in Yodi land, blowing back all kind of strings, and there is no going back. Minecraft, you feel me? I got a hot date on Minecraft, so I gotta fucking get back home, bro. Hey, what skin should I switch to for the guy? I have a date tonight on Minecraft. What skin should I switch to? Like, I was thinking about Jack Skellington or 
Maybe Halo. Oh, really? Hell yeah. What's up? Will you guys have a good day? Thank you. Hey, my friends. I have a question. Hey, give me one moment, my friend. Do you guys, um... So I have a question, bro. Like, I have a date on Minecraft tonight. What skin should I switch to? Yo, I'm on Minecraft. I was thinking about, like, Halo skin. Halo skin. Classic Steve. Hell yeah, bro. I'm gonna do that shit. Thank you, bro. I'm definitely about to get some Domington. I'm about to get some Domington. Hell yeah. You guys have a good day. It was great meeting you guys. Are you Yodi family? I am. I have a Yodi family. Yodi family. What's your name, bro? I'm Zane, bro. It's nice to meet you. My name's Ian. Can you get in this video real quick? Of course. Yo, I'm here with Fulcrum, bro. We got Yodi gang over here. Yodi family. Alright, Yodi family. So I'm out here with some Yodi family members at this goddamn university. You feel me? Need I say more? How old are you, bro? I'm 21. Alright, Bennington, Bennington. You gotta make that whole blink, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Swag. Yo. Let's believe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, tits, oh, tits, oh, tits. Yeah, he got it. He got it, yeah. bro. Yeah. <laughs> the Goddington, bro. What was your name? Jaden. Jaden, bro. Hell yeah. I got five things to tell you, bro. You won't, you won't judge me, though? Nah. That's all right. Abbreviated, 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 abbreviated. But yeah, that's basically what I had to tell you, bro. Sir. Out here in goddamn the university, you feel me? Real shit. There's hella Yodi fam out here, bro. Everywhere I fucking, every corner I turn, there's some Yodi family, man. Shit crazy. Shit crazy.